We ain't taking him to a hospital. We know he's gonna die. And I'm very sad about that, but some fellas are lucky and some ain't. What the fuck you touching me for, man? You wanna fuck with me? I'll show you who you're fucking with. You wanna shoot me, you little piece of shit? Go ahead, take a shot. Fuck you, White. I didn't create this situation. I'm dealing with it. You're acting like a first-year fucking thief. I'm acting like a professional. They get him, they can get you. They get you, they get closer to me, and that can't happen. You looking at me like it's my fault? I didn't tell him my name. I didn't tell him where I was from. Shit, 15 minutes ago, you almost told me your name. Your buddy there is stuck in a situation you created. So if you want to throw bad looks somewhere, throw them in a mirror. You kids shouldn't play so rough. Somebody's going to start crying. It just goes to show like the mindset that I was in before and after, like what you grew up with or what you what you think about things is that as I was watching it, I was like, I don't even remember this. I don't remember being offended. I don't remember thinking there was anything really bad about what they're doing here. Like that's how bad it was. I, like I remember getting to the end of that movie. Um, it was late at night, so I've kind of uh, I was kind of getting um, who's, uh, um, tired by the end of it. Drowsy. But yeah, drowsy. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. But by the end of it, I was like, do I ever want to watch this movie again? I don't know. Yeah, it's, still a, <laughs> it's still a good movie. They're monsters. Like they're not supposed to be decent. Like that is the thing I like about them. They were always like from the get go. You heard them talking and like. These guys are the worst people. <laughs> Which and is why they, you're okay with them being murdered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. You get um, to the end of that time, you're just like, yeah, you guys are trash. But that just felt like an unnecessary unnecessary layer. That felt more like that is Tarantino and how he feels people talk or people talk around Tarantino rather than this is like what the character is because they just happen to also be racist. Like that, that, that was a little concerning to me. <laughs> Someone gave Tarantino a pass to be an ass a long time ago, and he's just taken that pass and ran as far as he can with it. Yeah, it like, would not surprise me if they're just like, hey, you know that Tarantino is a real monster. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, of like, course. I mean, it's it's a thing that goes around all the place, like talking about him. And the more as the years go on and on, um, I more and more am just like, I don't think I want to hear directly from Tarantino. Like, he needs to come through his movie <laughs> if I hear anything, right? And not an interview where, like, someone talked to him during the pressing of it. No, it's literally the movies all I want to see at this stage. Um, like, I think there was an article around this week that I saw people sharing where he was talking about his mother and how he doesn't support his mother because his mother was not supportive of him making movies. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and he said it in that dickish way of being like, I don't give her a red cent. Right. <laughs> um, and like, I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> just... Yeah, she's your mother. Do whatever you feel like, dog. Who cares? Where you... Who right. I don't want to litigate the, the, yeah. the good and bad of what's going on here. Also, she's your mother. I don't know your what if she's real bad? I don't know. I'm never going to find out. 
Because I don't care. Talk about the movies, dog. We're not friends. <laughs> we are not friends, Tarantino. Talk about the thing you made. And then keep all other, all other things you think. Keep that to yourself. And that goes for everybody else. So, hi and welcome to the Unnamed Movie Podcast. This is hi, Andrew. Welcome. This is Damien. <laughs> this is Douglas. Hi and welcome. <laughs> um... It's it's podcast time. What have you guys been doing with your with your wonderful weeks, <sighs> Damien? What have we been uh, doing? The, the, the country's closed. Okay, all right. Yeah, just checking, just making sure. Four of lockdown or Palooza. <laughs> <laughs> We're inside. So inside, inside. Oh, Andrew doesn't know. So there's a song from. Uh, there's a dancehall song from. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the name of the song is Inside. I know, um, I know that song. Is uh, it Ding Dong? I'm not sure. Lyric, I'm supposed to I know who so, that yeah. is. And yeah. the lyrics are inside, 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 yeah. inside, <laughs> inside. The only inside I know is the Bo Burnham, and that's trash. Yeah. yeah. Oh, don't don't say that on the internet. People will come for you. Oh, I'm I'm just happy we're past that like two week period of yeah, people, people being obsessed with it. Yeah. Right. People are weird. Like, and now it can go back to like a thing that someone only mentions randomly. Mm-hmm. Like that we'll never think about once this pandemic ends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Um we lost it. But time. talking about talking about being inside and COVID, we're here to talk about the movie by one Mr. Stephen Daldry together. They've just announced the lockdown. We're getting through it. I hate your face. My face? I hate your face. Oh, you hate my face? It's just your face. I hate it. We should never got together in the first place. Madness. You know, is this is it a lockdown phenomenon? Are other people experiencing this? There's this particular mushroom, and it's going to kill you. I would love to pick that mushroom and watch that bastard die. <laughs> All right. So, together, um, a movie from 2021 aired on the BBC. It's probably aired last year for all I fucking know. Um, directed by Stephen Daldry um, and stars one Mr. James uh, Professor Xavier McAvoy and Sharon, I was in game night and I will continue to remember this, Horgan. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Catastrophe! Uh, <laughs> um, they are a couple and they we experience the COVID pandemic via their time over the time of the pandemic that once again i'd like to remind people it's still going on um i don't think so, yeah. so. I, I watched football this morning yeah, yeah. there's people <laughs> in the stands a lot of a lot of, a lot of people <laughs> like a lot did you did you see any masks damon no at, not one it always gets me that like there's no masks in the stands, but then you like come down to the staff and they're just all masked. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's someone who missed a missed a note. But anyways, let's not talk about football. Um, as much as we'd like to talk about football, I'm here to talk about Damien. Hi. Um, and I'd like to say, Damien, you got me. Mm-hmm. You got me good, right? Last week we came on this. Not last week. Last couple weeks ago we did this podcast. And I brought to the podcast a movie that was not happying. That was very sad. That was that was depressive. And Damien took me to took me to task for it. He 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 reminded me that first of all, this was not okay. 
right? No, no. And and then we proceeded. But then Damien went one step further. And he asked me to watch this movie. And fuck you, Damien. Because this movie is... like So this movie, as I've said, it's about this couple during the pandemic. Um, it starts out with them jokingly being like, I don't like this person, but we're fucked, we're together. Um, but it has this format of not of not being a story in which people have conversations and like you learn things about them throughout the conversations. Like they'll have a shitty conversation about tea where like you learn, you see through their acting and their, their positioning as to what they're really talking about is how much they hate the person or whatever. It's a movie in which the people are speaking their thoughts directly to us. So it's understood that the scene that's happening isn't really happening in that way in real life, but it's almost it's almost a musical of sorts where the words they're the words they're talking are just their emotions being spoken to us in this in what the only thing I can call this is a fucking radio play, right? Where this movie is just a 90 minute talk to TED talk of these people telling me how much they hate each other, why this pandemic sucks all of the depression that they're going through, all of the hard times, all of the stupid shit, all of the bad shit in this world, inclusive of talking about people who are cutting the line to get a vaccine and how it makes them feel, even talking about people who are abusing um, those who are of who are in worse situations than others, um, whether it is financial or social status, and just reminding us of how shit this world is. But more to the point, the thing this movie does that hurt me the most was not just how it walks through those emotions and it stamps on them in ways in which if you didn't already feel them, it makes you just be just abhorrent about all of those feelings. But more to that is that it's the form factor of it being a direct talk to you movie, right? where I feel like there are very few YouTube videos I could watch for more than five minutes of someone having this tone, and maybe not necessarily about this content, but this tone where they talk directly to me in that manner. I don't know if there are any. So for 90 minutes worth of it, this movie was painful, right? Not so much depressive. It was painful, where and I've talked about this before, when there are movies where you agree with everything, you find it more just dross to go through. Where you're like, why am I even talking to this person? I've already read this book, right? It is just it, it, it's 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 that it's that class you go to where the teacher is reading the textbook word for word, and you're like, why the shit did I read this book last night? If he was going to do this to me, why didn't he just tell me? And I could have saved myself that time last night. I could have played more pro evil. Um, this movie was not just not only was it a movie which deals with these very depressive emotions that dealt with a couple which were on the brink of... Basically, I remember when the pandemic started for us. Let me say for us, because the pandemic started for a lot of people long before it started for us, right? And I remember specifically the stories of Wuhan, which was one of the first places that the that the news came out of, of the pandemic. Um, and I remember the stories of 
when when the lockdown ended in the initial lockdown ended in Wuhan and I found it fascinating to read stories in like the New Yorker of the spike in divorces coming out of that lockdown with people coming to terms with the concept that for the first time in a long time they've had to stay with the person they're with 24 7 and they've come to the realization that this shit ain't working right <laughs> And I remember at the beginning of the pandemic for us now, which was at that stage, right, where those stories were coming. I remember laughing at those stories. I mean, I understood the 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 the, the sad nature of them, but there's there there's a there was a, a morose way in which I found it funny, right? In which it just became one of these statistics I found interesting that also made me chuckle for bad reasons. Um, but then to witness these people go through what I could only imagine a lot of those couples went through and a lot more couples went through throughout this pandemic right um and as much and as as troubling as made up as a lot of the emotions are that james mcavoy and horgan are going through in this movie in how they're acting their scenes it just feels dirty and shitty and fuck you damien i think that's the end of my first my first monologue on this movie um <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll just chime in here and I'm going to start, right? Just to say, one, before we get into any of this, well, it sounds like Andrew likes this movie, even though he hasn't actually said that. Yes? No, right. fuck this movie. Oh, you don't like this movie? this movie? Sorry? Fuck this movie. <laughs> yes. Whoa, 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 whoa. So, I, I, can you please explain? feelings did, yeah. no, no. <laughs> See, that's a sad part about it and uh, like <laughs> i was going to actually actually so so something andrew said a while ago about being painful i made sure to write a note so i remember to to call back to it um uh and my note is kind of similar to what i'm about to say is clearly i had on some rose tinted glasses because of how i feel about this movie and for instance how i've spoken about um things like uh time that grim bbc show and how painful it is but how i like it i heard every single word out of andrew's mouth and while he was saying it I was nodding my head and like, yeah, he likes this movie because that's what it's, it sounded to me like he was saying he really liked this movie because of all the emotions in it. <laughs> so I just want to make sure that I am hearing you right. You do not like so this let me movie? Make it, I do not like this movie. Fuck you, um, Andrew. <laughs> I adore this movie. I'm going, to, I'm going to explain to you how much I didn't like this movie. Okay. I stopped the movie after around an hour mm -hmm. and then had to wait till the next day to finish it. And by finishing it, because of the format of the movie and how I, I describe it as a radio play, I just listened to the last half an hour. I didn't actually watch it. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh boy. So when you talk about the baby shit earlier, I'm like, I didn't see that. Wow. Okay. Um, so I think I'm going to have to make some notes and, and, and come at this from a different perspective. <laughs> but no, so, so I really like this movie. Uh, and as I said, when we were kind of figuring out what, what we were watching um, uh, over the WhatsApp or whatever, this is definitely a movie I've known about. 
because I, like Damien, uh, go onto the iPlayer every once in a while and kind of see what's there, uh, mostly because of football for, you know, match of the day or BBC does do a lot of good shows and I want to know what's happening. But I saw this and um, the two leads are two people that I just always like. Right, James McAvoy is great. He has shown himself to be the uh, ever flexible and and um, broad uh, scoped actor. Um, and Sharon Horgan, very good at the funnies. Also, it appears very good at the uh, the unfunnies. Um, but so so I had kind of wanted to watch this, but you know, you you brush over something and. It never just pops up again. So I appreciate that Damien kind of forced us to watch this and, and put it on my to-do list. Uh, I adore this movie. I watched it in one go. Um, it felt like no time had passed and I was ready to watch it again immediately. The Everything you said, Andrew, just uh, like... Essentially, what I'm about to say is everything you said, just good. What you said makes it good. <laughs> right? So um, they, this movie, as you said, Andrew, consistently breaks the fourth wall. They both, um, it, it really is a, a bunch of monologues. So the, the, the mechanics of this made-for-TV movie, and I cannot stress more that this is a made-for-TV movie, right? This is a BBC film for BBC uh, that, by the way, I just thought was hilarious as I was searching for it, um, is actually going to be released in the States in this month as if it's a regular movie. I honestly cannot wait for this to be on some form of physical media so I can buy it and own it and watch it over and over again. Uh, and burn it. <laughs> yes. Um, so this film really is just two people. It is the two people we spoke about, Sharon Horgan and, and James McAvoy. Um, they have a son, and he does feature in the film, but he is he's just window dressing. And they talk about a lot of other people, but you don't ever really see them. Uh, this movie is really nothing more than a platform for how much you love these people or how good or bad you think these people are. That's it. If you have decided already you like these people, you're probably going to like this movie. If you um, like good acting, you'll probably like this movie. Apparently, Andrew likes neither. Uh, so, the um, I... I don't know if there's like any sort of argument over the, the skill set that James McAvoy has. I feel like he's proven himself in the past. Perhaps there are people that feel that James McAvoy is a young upstart who doesn't, who is just, you know, some sort of comic book person that, that, that um, doesn't have the, the sort of range that one Sir Lawrence Olivier may have or whatever it is. But James McAvoy just shows off his chops here. Both of them chew the scenery. And um, I think there are some moments where there is, it gets a little bit exaggerated, but at the end of the day, that's, that's kind of what this film, it, if you buy into this film, then you buy into that as well, right? Um, and 
this movie has them go through the ringer, as you say, Andrew. Um, family members pass. Uh, they have to kind of come to terms with this concept of first we thought there was a before and after, but is there actually going to be an after? Is it just, or sorry, is there going to be a normal after or is it just going to be something, something else? Um, and we, it's, it's similar to movies like another one that Andrew doesn't like, The Party, where it feels very claustrophobic. You're within one very small place um and your you could also could also be like 12 angry men then which is a good movie mm, yeah but 12. that one's in black and white and it's old also yeah Ex- yeah i mean two for two dollars <laughs> uh but what i really liked about this movie is despite it, it transcended its um, <laughs> its setting, despite being um, in one space and not having a, a huge amount of supporting characters. It didn't feel limited. Um, it didn't feel that way. It felt dynamic because of the and I want to say situations, but let's be clear: nobody. You never, as, as the audience, leave the house. And you are always just seeing these two people, whether they're fighting or fucking, whatever it is, or actually talking about fighting or talking about fucking. And that's what this is. This is talking about things. But because of all of the various things they get to talk about, all of their emotional um, pursuits, all of the events that are occurring around them, feels like a very dynamic film. It feels like um, there is a lot going on and it even feels like there's a lot more that could be told. I am sitting down here and waiting very impatiently for Together Togetherness Part 2, right? The, the, the lockdowniest of lockdown post-Brexit, whatever. I mean, Still Together is probably the name of the next one. Whatever. I think it's um I think it's together and the furious or something like that. Together in space. Right? Um, together with a number. Uh, right. Four. Two. 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 There you go. Together, together. and then and then together with a backwards three or something like that. Right. Yeah, man. Just keep um, doing it till the yeah. BBC shoots one of us. Exactly, exactly. This this I mean like this movie is amazing and I have like I, I I could just watch this movie over and over again and I have not much more to say about it. But I love I love these people. And just one thing to say is that, well, is that I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to fight you guys yeah. at the end of the oh, year, yeah. aren't oh, I? Oh yeah. Um what, Oh I hate this shit so one much. One thing <laughs> I, 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 I want to highlight is is that Sharon Horgan, I keep forgetting that she can do things like this. We all know her as just this ridiculous comedian. She's in a number of comedy shows. That's her bread and butter. Um, but she showed in Catastrophe that she she could go down this path. She shows in this again that she can go down there even further. Um, and, you know, I, I, I cannot tell you how many things, how many um, TV shows or movies that I have 
decided to watch because she has something to do with it and how good that hit rate is. So this movie is fantastic. Damien, continue right. to gush, please. All right. So uh, after Andrew annoyed um, the daylights out of me, I figured that I needed something for myself. And I had seen this movie already and figured that Douglas was going to watch this at some point. And went, this is basically catastrophe the movie. Andrew won't like this, but I don't care about Andrew's feelings. So let me pick this movie. And there is one line that I'm going to spoil for this movie. Um, that when I saw it the first time, I thought about calling Douglas and telling Douglas to stop whatever madness he's doing. Stop wasting his time. There's a show that you have to watch and you have to watch it immediately. Uh, James McAvoy looks at Catastrophe and says to her, this is the love that exists beyond hate. This is the love that is there after I am done hating you. That is where I am now. And that's the greatest proposal I've ever heard in my life. She mentions it in the scene. She's just like, I've never had a nicer thing said to me. But it is all... Uh, I mean, her, her response is sarcasm. He was dead serious. <laughs> He's just like, listen, I hate you. But right now, I am at the point. It's the love that exists beyond hate. I went, yeah, Douglas. I knew Douglas liked this movie. Like, Douglas didn't have to speak in this one. I could have phoned in Douglas's vote. <laughs> but this is catastrophe, the movie. Uh, what I did not expect is just how much Andrew uh, wasn't going to like this movie. And just how much catharsis that gives me. To know <laughs> that he truly does not like this movie. And can't find anything to like with this movie. So he isn't where I was the last podcast. Because I see that that movie is good. No, it's just not the time. I don't know if the time is ever going to come. But I know that right now is not it. Andrew hates this movie and will hate this movie in perpetuity. Like there's not a there's not a point where Andrew will come at this movie and be like, hey, because when the lockdown that is ongoing and will continue forever and ever at this point, when it ends, this won't be the lockdown media that Andrew goes back to. And if by some miracle Renata is just like, hey, let's watch our movie. I like I saw this together movie with the X-Man guy. Uh Andrew will just come up with he'll just tell her something. He'll just like listen. <laughs> so Renata kinda half saw some of this movie and she's her comments were what the fuck and she hates their accents. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's racist. Um, <laughs> that is racist. <laughs> um like like guys, this movie is a pretentious one-man stage show, right? You know, you know that point in the Big Sick where you see where you see Kumail Nanjiani do that one-man stage show, and he comes up and he's like, "I smell Pakistan," 
and you understand what he's doing is a joke this movie is the joke yeah but it's not funny it's funny it's not <laughs> what I is funny this about movie. this movie i found this listen the first of all the journey from where they start to where they end that is just one long joke it's funny and heartwarming it's fantastic yeah i mean it's not heartwarming they're monsters they're two of the worst people well, but I mean, as a as a fellow monster, my monster heart yeah. was warmed. <laughs> right, but that is the conceit of the movie. These two terrible people have decided at the beginning, we hate each other. But we're only doing this because we had a child and now we're stuck together. Hence the name of the movie. And then, throughout the course of the movie, there's never a turn. There's never a point where you're like, oh, something happened and they were nice to each other. You don't get to see that. And that is deliberate. They deliberately only show you the points where they are at their worst. And then, at the end of the movie, they're just like... And, and you know, that's the part that gets me. Where I wonder, like, if they made this movie, but take out the pandemic... Right, they make a movie about a couple who are at their worst and are monsters and are, like, talking about how they hate each other... Don't think I would. St I still don't think I'd like this movie. That, I just truly, really, and truly, really and truly, I hate the form factor of like the talk to you kind of movie that lasts this long. Like I just couldn't put up with it. Right. It was right. aggravating. And you know, to get through. and you know that was not really. That's what that does it? The does it do it seriously? Terrible people being terrible. No, they don't do it. I'm saying... Oh, I was about to say, I don't remember them doing that. Yeah. No, man, they don't do it. But they're two terrible people. But Like, I mean, I've liked a lot like, of media about terrible people. No, but they, unlike this one, they actually like each other. But they're just so different and so selfish that that is where the friction comes from. In this, they're starting at the end. They're just like, I hate you, but I'm here because of our son. And then... They keep saying terrible things to each other, even harsher things. But they, as as I said, yeah, they man. get to the other side of hate, which that phrase in itself is hilarious because there's no other side of hate. No, of <laughs> course, just, yeah. But, but you do see the you, you, you do see how, how connected they are. In, in you know, scenes like when her mother dies and and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like. You you see that there is something, and actually it it's dumb, but like there is something beyond the hate. It's not just it's like you know these stupid um uh thing their cards or cartoons online when they're like even when I hate you I will take care of you or whatever. It's like that yeah. sort of that they're trying to do. Right, and because of how they're going about it, instead of trying to be nice about it, they're monsters, and I find that. And they obviously also find that hilarious <laughs> because they're real trash. Re no, I didn't realize the pandemic part would hit Andrew so hard or the fourth wall breaking part. And for that, I pat myself. <laughs> the back. I have to tell you, I really <laughs> appreciated the fourth wall breaking. I thought that yeah. that gave it just like, it <laughs> yeah, it worked very well. I muted you, Damon. I muted you, Damon. <laughs> it worked very well, um, and it made but, it. But like... did they have to do it for ninety minutes? 
Because, I mean, for me, it, maybe the surprise of it made it even funnier for me, and that's why I enjoyed it. But, you know, I am very happy with it. I will be watching this uh, on repeat for the rest of my life. Okay, I have the Norwich um, Liverpool match on, and I finally saw a man with a mask, but it's a Zorro mask. Does it count? No. It okay. does not. It does not. I can confirm I'm watching Man United and Leeds, and I see zero masks. Yeah, man. Okay. Because you can't you can cheer with the mask on. Everybody knows that. Hmm. Right. Um, but Damien, like... As much as you can enjoy my hate, mm-hmm. my, my dislike, I understand this. And I and once again, I have to give you, give you game respects game, right? Mm-hmm. Basically. But my question to you is coming back from a couple of weeks ago where you were talking about the, how the depressiveness hit you and all of this. Was there nothing about like how it dealt with the COVID pandemic talk that just didn't touch you and bother you as much? So- Unlike your movie, which has no jokes, is a serious movie about a depressing situation and has people who do not deserve the things that are happening to them. These pieces of garbage deserve all of this. (laughs) They're trash people. There is the situation with her mother that is sad. And that is this... they, They essentially reined in some of the jokes in that section because they were basically say, uh, you, you spoke to it when you were giving your synopsis you agree with these people and they're just taking time to go these are the things that happened why was the government so lax why all of these things but that gave me a chance to see um, basically the, act, the acting chops uh, of everybody. It was just them flexing. And so that you could see that these people aren't just dicks. Like they're actual people. They're just not good people. <laughs> they're not capital G good people. But they do have feelings. And that helps so that in the back half, when you say that instead of learning any lessons and being better people, They've quadrupled down on being dicks. And their reward for being terrible people and terrible to each other is each other. And that is funny. They're two terrible people have come together to be mean at each other. So hold on. And they won themselves. Let me understand this. Let me understand this properly. Because I think the, the, the bridge that I never crossed with this movie that you have you have ran across in lovely fashion is the word joke, right? And we love to have this argument every other day on the podcast, which is right. that I don't know what comedy is and you are the king of humor, right? Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> he is indeed Rupert Pupkin. <laughs> yep, he's Rupert himself. Yes. Um, is the joke the 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 whole thing of just these monsters having to put up with each other or is the joke like just actual dumb scenes they've come up with that so, you're talking about right. so there it's both the the entire conceit is funny but in their sections where they're being mean to one another and it is funny to hear people yeah re- so 
I mean, just how far you go in some instances right. is, is funny, right? Like, so, there's a scene where James McAvoy says some things to his wife that are so god-awful. He walks out. He almost walks out to the house, and he, you can see me. He closed the door in front of him, and he's like, all right, listen. And he walks right back, and he sits down, and he's like, listen, I, I know I went a bit too far there, but you know what I was trying to say kind of thing. And then she gets up and leaves. And that scene is hilarious is it actually funny no did i laugh yes, out loud yes, yes. <laughs> yeah it's funny because i was laughing i think that's my problem because i see those scenes and i do find them funny yeah right. if because that's the I thing right it. that's the difference i, I guess between between you and me and, and damian and andrew you look at that scene and you're like shit what if somebody actually did that that would be horrendous and you're 100 percent right me and damien look at that scene and we're just like this is fake so i can laugh at it <laughs> you know also they're bad people if one of these people if any either one of them were good decent people you'd go that is a terrible thing to say because they would have done nothing to earn what is being said to them. But this movie starts and makes it abundantly clear that these people aren't great people. And both of them are okay with just how dickish they are. And so when it continues and they're not learning any lessons, then it escalates and you want to see what the escalation is and some of it is funny. Now, it wasn't con. There's parts that I can see where you would take a lot of exception to because it doesn't feel like now is the time. And I get it. But you also don't like You're the Worst or Catastrophe. I knew that going. I've never watched Catastrophe. Wait, hold yeah. on. Um, Andrew doesn't like You're the Worst? I thought. Andrew, were you not and, on the same page with us? So, so here, so here lies the thing with You're the Worst. This is what happened with You're the Worst. I was very much in love with it. Around the time the show came to an end, I think I burned out on it. Okay. However, I did finish it eventually, and I love the end. Okay. Um. So I think I think that was like a show that I just kind of like. It just kind of went too much for me for a little bit, and I needed a break from it. Okay. Right. Um, I, to be quite honest, I think that's me and Rick and Morty right now. Like, I haven't watched the latest season of Rick and Morty, and I just need a break from like that style of yeah. thing for a yeah, bit, mm-hmm. right? Um, one day I know I'll go back to whatever the new Rick and Morty is, and I'll love it, whatever. But yeah. there, there are certain types of of content, of humor, of style where like you kind of just you can't have it every day. Right, you know, it's it's like eating sugar. Like you can't have sugar. Well, sorry, kind of sorry want what? Every day, right? <laughs> no, no, I literally just finished sugar. eating sugar. <laughs> don't don't put. <laughs> all right, all right. Let me let me Your let me make it a little bit more morals on me. Right? And sugar. You should you should, you should eat is, sugar every hour. This is not the right? unnamed <laughs> vegan podcaster. Take that back. Take that back. I'd love it. I'd love if one of us try veganism. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that's so that's my answer to your like um you're the worst talk right yeah. which was i came back to it and i very much like it but i needed a break at the time there i enjoy watching people get their comeuppance you know this about me it is why i enjoy revenging movies because that is what those movies are but with these it the 
the the the humor is watching people who are bad people get their comeuppance and not learning anything, not taking anything away from it, just being terrible. And especially at the end of this movie, when after all these terrible things, there's still just two terrible people that can slightly tolerate each other more because you know nothing good comes out of this. They're the worst people. So there, there's no good relationship. There's no happy ending. And, 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 and I get that. I think, I think my problem with it isn't necessarily the concept of watching bad people have bad things happen to them because, of course, that's fun, right? Because in most cases, I think my problem is for a movie like this where bad, pe- bad things are happening to bad people but you have no one else to like uh, be up like like just being in it's almost being sucked into a vortex of just awfulness uh, where I'm like, why am I in the middle of this? Right? Like if you watch a movie like say Uncut Gems, where bad things are happening to bad people, and you can see like the world is like responding to him. Like you can right. kind of get into it, right? Right, there wasn't enough world building for you. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, something yeah. there like was there were there were laser swords. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, something like this, like why I like it so much, I know I, I kind of understand how my taste works in, in this regard. And it's the same thing with for me with music as well. If I come to the table and I'm like, well, all right, it's gonna be a movie about two people or whatever. And you immediately start and essentially slap me in the face, like something completely unexpected. And then you decide, I am going to go down this path. I'm going down a rabbit hole. I'm going as far as I can go. And, you know, there's something alluring about that. There's something where you're just kind of like, this isn't real life. This, I would never see this. um, I would never see any real person and do something like this and it's not a situation where they're like look at that and then no i'm going to go back to reality it's like yeah. i am going for it it's 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 like i will yeah i will go for that all day sometimes it doesn't work a hundred percent and i'll be like okay i appreciate that but you can stay over there but this is one of those where i'm like yep I'm down. I mean, it's it's why I like some of the music I like, to be honest with you. There, there's some there's some music, right? In particular, there's this fellow that goes by the name of Namde. I really like his stuff. And I have been in the car and Damien has heard it and he's like, What is this? This does this makes no sense. This is noise. <laughs> it is noise. Bad, bad noise. Uh, I I treat this movie the same way I treat the favorite, uh, except the favorite is structured better and is a better movie. A better but, movie. It's a movie. Uh, when the favorite started, you thought that one of the people on screen was going to be nice and decent. And then you watch the movie, you're like, these three women are the three worst people maybe on the planet at present. And... You gain humor by seeing how they interact with each other. And I find this dark comedy, I've always found this dark comedy funny. And Mm -hmm. going by my own metric, did I laugh? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and, and zero zero laughs. To be fair, right. one thing Andrew I will say, laughs, one thing I, I will laugh. say about this movie is it does not feel like and 
I mean, maybe that's just me putting something on top of it, but it doesn't feel like what I would call a movie. It doesn't feel like something that is polished and ready for the silver screen, as they used to call it. Right. And I would say that about this, and I would say that about the party. It feels very much Pretentious like... one-man play. In a way, um, which, is, which is another way... I, what I was about to say is it almost feels more like a television show, like an episode of a television show where you'd be like, okay, yeah, TV, that, that makes sense, or a made-for-TV for movie rather than a film, you know? But... Again, I fucking love whatever the hell this is. And I will get behind that. Uh, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm just dreading the end of your end podcast of year, already. Number two on the oh. list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when uh, Shen Zheng and the Legend of the 14 Rings is number one. <laughs> Damien, you realize you and I are not going to be able to watch that movie, right? No, it'll be you. You guys will we'll see before the year's out. Like in a week, and then well, I guess that like one. But but um, all of those Marvel movies are now going to be theaters alone. Well, well, it, we'll see how how things go. Everything is everything is like as things go, right? I think I think it's more likely that if. It, if things are really bad, like they'll just delay everything. Yeah, or, exactly. Right? But what I mean or is because they, they have. Huh? Oh, I was saying because Disney Plus now works here in Jamaica, no VPN, no nothing. So maybe they treat the Caribbean as different from America. Maybe they give us premium access. Oh, that'd be interesting. The Caribbean. Yeah. And say that Americans have to go. But who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Who That'd knows what will happen? It's, but it's, it's, it's still, clear it's to still me... very interesting for me to see how things are shaping out with this stuff. Yeah, it's clear to me that what happened is they tried a thing. They're like, yeah, man, we're going to try make some money off of these movies. And Scarlett right. Johansson sued them and they're like, all right, fine. I guess yeah, we're just going to have to do <laughs> theaters because yeah, I am I not taking money. any more cussing. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're not taking any lawsuits yep. and... Uh, we need money. regardless of how legally right we are we can't deal with the with the media backlash yeah exactly i think i think they'll still do woman. like the non-marvel stuff like the disney stuff they'll do whatever they want with but i think i don't know no i think marvel i think what has happened is marvel has people within the marvel side of things that are like right. yo we protecting yeah, our people yeah, rather than like right. look how long people were complaining about, about the pixar movies yeah. and about other ones and they were like and and nothing happened, yeah. right? <laughs> um, it's obvious that that Feige them over there are like, yo, um, you know how much money you make off of this? Chill. <laughs> <laughs> Do you at, want us to get the next Robert Downey? At some point, yeah, at some point, Disney looked at it and went, all these people that are in these movies are costing us a goddamn fortune. We need cheaper newer people in these movies for these movies to... <laughs> oh that's you <laughs> are those your yeah, crickets <laughs> no that's someone pushing a wheelbarrow out. <laughs> okay I, i'm going to move off planet <laughs> <laughs> to space uh all right. 
Yo, right, we have another movie to talk about. It's so a movie right along. Four hours long. <laughs> 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 so yeah, we're here to continue our Wusha Marathon as we are here to discuss a film from 1971 directed by the wonderful King Hu. Um, the film is by the name of A Touch of Zen. Um, it's a film which is, as De- Douglas reminded me last night, is three hours long. It is. <laughs> is Accurate. about a group of fugitives who are hiding out in a small village and a, some corrupt government officials coming after them. And in the middle of it, a gentleman who who is, is posing as a painter found, finds his way in the middle of this battle. Um. It is a wuxia epic fantasy knights of knights of the round table movie, and it goes full in. So, if last podcast we were here talking about airbending and nonsense, this movie gets gets us fully into the House of Flying Daggers esque wuxia movies, and it is astounding what goes on in this movie. So. I'm going to say a few things before we get started so that we can have we can table this conversation in the right way. Um, this movie is long. This movie is hard to get through at times, but I feel is one of those movies that does the magic trick of putting you to sleep in the first hour and a half and then the back hour and a half just having like the movie I want, which is the ridiculous jumping fighting in the in the bamboo um in the bamboo forests as well as magic craziness of monks and Bud- Buddhist monks in, <laughs> in 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 these films. Um as well as what I kind of feel is one of the most ridiculous characters I've ever seen in a movie like this, um, which is the painter, the the portrait man who by the middle of the movie, when he finally discovers, when he, f- which, my God, his mother is like, look, you're 30, you need to be married. I don't know what you're doing. Um, finally, finally gets laid and realizes he needs to get this thing done um, as he's searching for his woman, um, Miss Yang. The, the movie paints him as a, a military strategist. And... <laughs> This movie is incredible in that form. No, am I forgiving this movie for the first hour and a half where like it was it was really stretched out and kind of boring and honestly, I think I fell asleep once or twice watching it. No, I'm not really forgiving it for that. But I think there's like there are hints of like all of the movies we love in here that we could all associate with, right? And I just I just wanted to mention that, but I'd leave it here, and I want to take Douglas's Douglas's notes as he as he I thought he didn't actually watch this movie based on last night's conversation in WhatsApp. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, so 
Yeah, this is a very long movie. Um, what I will do is I'm going to start this review by just scrolling up in the Tom WhatsApp group and um, <laughs> just talk about my experience with, with the watching. Um, first of all, I'm a moron. So I paid Google when I didn't have to pay them. <laughs> because uh-huh. I because I have the Criterion service. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I searched um, a touch of Zen on my box and they said you could only get it on Google. Because they don't have the hooks into Criterion. Yeah. I, that's my that's my one that's my one hatred yeah. of like the, the Google TV. And I guess this would be of any like service that works like this as a as a platform that you're streaming stuff from, which is if I'm guessing if you haven't coded the webhooks in for that service, like that search just doesn't work, um, which is why I always use Just Watch. Right? I don't like Just Watch, but I hear you. Um, then I followed that up by uh, saying, also, why is it I'm getting subs like this is a real movie? Where are my dubs? I'm sorry, folks, but for shitty kickers, I expect to get shitty dubs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, to be fair, after now watching this movie, uh, I think this one can be allowed to have you know proper subs. This is trying to be a proper movie, even though it isn't. It it is not a proper movie. I'm just saying they tried. Um, and finally, after about uh, another ten minutes, I put in the in the group. Wait, is this movie three hours long? I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this movie is over long, by the way, I have to say. Uh, again, it's one of those situations where if you watch it the whole way through as you're watching it, you, you say to yourself, okay, I understand what they're trying to do, right? Um, they obviously know that they are making themselves a kicker, but they also want to do it in an artful way, right? They want to make it be beautiful and pretty and have cinematography with multiple syllables right and and all sorts of things the cinematography is so fucking <laughs> right and they, i mean i know we took i know we took that list off the wall but oh my god it's so good yep. and they also want to build a world with multiple characters and and arcs and 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 relationships all sorts of things right uh but at the end of the day i want my kickers uh but but let's all right let's let's really talk about this movie so so Again, this movie is longer than it needs to be. Uh, my first note that I wrote down was, and I actually, because I realized how long it was taking, I made sure to, to pause it immediately so I could write down the time, the exact time. It took, and I'm just reading from my notes here, it took 10 minutes before the first word of dialogue. 10 minutes. I'm pretty sure this movie doesn't need to be three hours long, <laughs> right? Um, so there is a lot of, uh, I don't even know what to call it. There's, there's, there's a lot of um, visuals, uh, a visual exploration in this movie uh, that kind of extends the, the timestamp. Um, there is... A lot of stuff. And it's strange, right? Because they spend a lot of time doing things like looking around and, and, and 
I guess establishing where you are and 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 kind of wanting to be pretty and all of that jazz. But also on the flip side, there is a lot of uh, storytelling. There is a lot of narrative that occurs that you have to guess at, right? Like there is this movie suffers from old movie itis in the sense that. And, and we've discussed this already. There are things where you just have to decide something happened. You have to decide there is a reason why this happened here and that these two characters so, developed a relationship in some way, shape, or form. But the, the director doesn't, uh, the director will do that, but the director will also spend a half an hour like watching leaves blow in the wind. And that so is it sad, Douglas, mm-hmm. that like I didn't so much blame the movie for like it didn't explain why things happen. I blamed myself for like the movie putting me to sleep and me not catching on <laughs> as, to, as to something happened. <laughs> so then I kind of played mental catch up with the movie. <laughs> where I'm like, oh, I guess something happened there. Yeah. Well, no, I, I can tell you this because I I too had the falling asleep problem. So I started watching this movie last night at about eight. Um, and I know I paused it a few times. So, but I actually, and I don't know what, what, what happened why I was super tired, but I just couldn't last on um once it got to around 10 10 30 so two hours into this movie i was done and it was one of those type of dozing offs where you know you wake up and you're like oh what what happened and you're 10 minutes later and you, you start to rewind and you, you you try to watch it again and you fall asleep and so i know there's a point at around the two hour mark where you and i will have the same argument where i'm like all right i didn't and when I started watching it this morning, I don't think I rewound to where I needed to. I thought I did, and then I realized no, I didn't. So I had to, I had to generate some story there, and I'm fine with that. But I can tell you as a fact, you have to generate story in many other parts of this movie. <laughs> but again, the type of movie that this is, I actually don't have a problem with that. Like the the folks who will argue, and I believe that there are folks that, that do this, that this is capital C cinema, um, will now have to defend themselves for that. But I'm not arguing that. I see, I see the, the aspirations, but at its core, this movie is a fight em up movie um, with a, a two-hour build-up. <laughs> and it is, it is fun. So, Something that I I noticed, and um, as with any movie like this, uh, I kind of marvel at some of the dumb things that are here. So, for example, I called him the drawing man at first because I couldn't remember his name was was Gu Zhengshai, but Gu Zhengshai, the drawing man, uh, the artist, the the military strategist. 100% looks in real life like he's older than his mother. Do you folks not agree? <laughs> yes. Yep. No, I actually looked this up because after a little while, I, I got um, curious. And I will give it to the movie and the, and the director. He, in fact, is not older than, his, than the actress um, that plays his mother. However, the actress that plays his mother is only nine years older than him. So, hmm. <laughs> but, she started early. Yeah, exactly. She started real early. Um, the second thing 
that I really want to point out is I am not sure. And so just to just to give you a bit of a backstory to what this movie is about, I don't remember hearing Andrew say this about this film, but but what this movie really is about is um there is this like let's call them police. They're not really police, but let's call them police, right? Which clearly is um a, a split up in sectors and, and, and sects and clans and whatever. And there is this one section um, which is investigating the other section. And I think the bad guys are the East section. I can't remember. I didn't write down that note. I'm, I'm very bad. Um, but let's say the bad guys, right, are being investigated and the head of the good guys um, it has done his little report, has said these people are horrible and is sending it off to the emperor. And the bad guys find out and kill everybody. And um, the daughter of the head of the good guys runs away and hides, right? And this movie is really about the fact that she and two of the good guys are hiding in this town and what that means for the town. That's really what this movie is. And I'm sorry to say that these people don't actually, I don't think they understand what the concept of hiding out or concealed identities mean. Because General Xi and General Lu are hiding out in a, a town on the outskirts of the country, trying to make sure that nobody finds out that they're there. And their cover story, their new names are mm -hmm. Mr. Xi. And Doctor right. Lou. No, I, seen, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't see a problem, Douglas. Like, <laughs> I don't think Doctor right there. In I think, I think one of them is pretending to be blind for half of the movie. So I mean, yes, but he still has the same name. <laughs> <laughs> there are many people with that name, don't you know, Douglas? <laughs> are you saying, are you saying that I am Andrew? If I am also Andrew in Another town. No, those are two different people. Exactly. Right? Andrew is a very common name. Yes, but what I would say is if you're hiding out and somebody is looking for you, the first thing they might do is say, I'm looking for Andrew. And then the person might say, oh, I know an Andrew. God, <laughs> no, it's God. reverse psychology. They know you're changing the name because you're hiding. So the last name you ask for is Andrew. That's that's ludicrous logic. That's ludicrous logic right there. Spice. We can't apply the fast and curious to to. <laughs> to, to. <laughs> but um, with all of that aside, I actually didn't mind this movie. As I said, this movie is over long. There's a lot of intro that probably isn't necessary. There's a lot of a lot of leaves blowing in the wind that probably isn't necessary, and there's a lot of guessing that you have to do. But at the end of the day, it does look pretty, right? Um, oh, it's so yeah. pretty. And you can appreciate what they're trying to do with the, like, cinema type of things that they're trying to do. While it maybe doesn't work 100%, and this is what happens, well, given our sensibilities is how I'll put it, given where we are today and what we have been used to seeing, we might feel like this is like a, a first cut, right? This is like the, the thing that informed the thing that informed the thing that finally informed what we are used to. So, so over time, it's, it's both been improved upon and also not, 
I mean, improve is a strong word, but also um, we are of today rather than the folks who were of that time in 1971 and, and things, you know, um, hit differently, right? Um, so, so I can appreciate that. But what is also important to me is that I got myself some fighting and some, some um, ridiculous uh, sword throwing and, <laughs> yeah, all sorts of stuff. So... Right? So I want to say two things. Mm -hmm. One thing is like a true compliment. Other thing is just a big, like, I find it fascinating thing. Like, like every once in a like, I mean, I know that technology moves forward as time moves along. And we always love to talk about how movies look pretty. And I think a lot of people on the internet love to talk about how, I think a, a good joke I, I see online every once in a while is when people talk about movies, whether it's from the 70s, 60s, 50s, whatever talking about certain cameras and how they provided a certain cinematography to it. I was going to, to say something about this. First, and, then, so yeah. and then people love to make jokes about, and shot in 2020, and they just point to a computer um, because like, we just do CG for like 90% of the shit, whether it's just background overlaying or whatever. Um, not to say every movie isn't shot in camera, but who cares? Um, but like to see movies like this that look this stunning right like i think the first half of this movie and this is my fault like it's very dark and the sun was still like bl blaring my tv and so some of it kind of lost me but like by the back half when like you're out in like the fights in that in that in in the war fight in the fight where they're doing the thing where they're pretending they're ghosts and then there is <laughs> Which is ridiculous. I love it. Um, the fights where they're in the bamboo, the bamboo forest, and like it is just gorgeous to just see how those things are shot. But more to the fact, what I find fascinating, kind of knowing what I know about this genre of film, and like knowing what I know of the modern version of this genre, um, where to see at the time, and I don't know if this was a, if this was a limitation or if this was. A interpretation and what we see today is like a furtherance of that but seeing movies of today in this genre um you will see people glide over trees right you'll see people like do all sorts of these things but to see in this movie where they just do the hop right <laughs> and i don't know if that's just like a limitation of time we're like yo dog we can't like take you from here to there <laughs> to do this thing um but the hop is just incredible yeah, the hop is great so <laughs> so here's how i took that because they actually did it in two ways do you recall and i know this is a big thing um we watched a vampire movie at one stage with hopping vampires I kind of assumed it was more like that, that when they hopped, he meant for them to hop, right? This is, they're just hopping mad because, and something I haven't spoken about yet, I love the monks, right? And in particular, monk number one, the big monk, the abbot, whatever his name is. Um, because, of course, any sort of um, invincible, uh, benevolent uh, figure in a movie like this is always going to be awesome. Um, but they did a couple scenes, or one in particular, where he did that walking on um, bamboo sticks and whatever, and they did it in a different way, where maybe it's just because he's supposed to be better than everybody, but he, they never showed him hop. Um, 
they kind of did a lot of cutaways and um like showing the the bamboo move and showing his head so you don't see like anything else so it didn't look to me and you with our modern sensibilities like he's definitely doing it but you knew that they were alluding to the fact that he never touched a ground right and he was just running along those things and so i yeah i remember when that i too. watched yeah. that i thought to myself oh the hopping is hopping and this is actually bamboo flying gliding whatever you want to call it he's the master he's the master that we've seen in all those movies and everybody else is just like still learning exactly and i have to tell you him he is one of there's some good characters in this movie he's probably the best one or the funnest one i I love him so much like just you know he is that character where he is better than everybody but is not going to like he's beyond killing right he's he, he's like um oh look at you you think you can beat me one two three just now go along your way you 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 see that i'm better than you it's okay i forgive you like that is that kind of character is always fun to watch um in these kind of movies and and i love him to death um and i actually really do also like um gu Gu Zhengzhai or Zhengzhai, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Um, the the artist man, the military strategist, he's great. He he actually so I start off not really liking him because of it's it's kind of this dumb um thing about as you you mentioned. Oh, why aren't you getting married? You um you are so better than you could be kind of thing. But then they actually create make him into what I wonder if at the no man, they must know that this is not a hundred percent serious movie. But it feels like somebody could take this as being like a serious strategist. I just take it as being like funny as as hell. But, um, but him becoming that strategist and and being as ruthless as he was at some points in in the um the final fight and 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 kind of teaming up with putting his brains behind the brawn of the the rest of the team like that was an amazing little bit of time um this movie is great uh it's it's not as good as i would think people think probably think it is but it is fun as hell i love it uh, i like uh karachi uh not the city, but the movies. Uh, and this is one of those. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I can add to this discussion. Uh, it's, it's too long. Is the thing that is the downside to this movie. You can start this movie at hour two and you'd have lost nothing. But it is enjoyable you get to watch uh, a lot of people said that this is the movie that um inspired crouching tiger and you see it in the back half of the movie uh you see the bamboo and you see people floating and you see people hopping and you see uh the monk slash grandmaster who he is basically unkillable but because he's such a good person he allows himself um to essentially get tricked 
towards the end. And by the time the movie wraps up, you've seen these type of movies. The good the good guys always win. That's how these movies work. Uh, the thing that this movie doesn't do, uh, but I... It's a thing that these are the first movie like kung fu movies are the best at it it is the escalation um growing up in the 90s i watched a run probably too much dragon ball z and so uh they refer to it at these comics as shonen where it's just someone trying to get stronger trying to get stronger trying to get stronger and there's always some big bad that they have to get stronger to beat uh, the monks are in this and they represent the ultimate um, like the ultimate power uh, but there's no real escalation like you don't see them like do more crazy things there's one thing at the very end but what you get is bad guys that show up that are bigger bads that still have no effect on this man so you don't they're it seems that his, um, his, the monk's abilities is limitless, but that's not always fun. Because you, you don't, it doesn't feel like there's a test. There's no challenge. Um, and I, I prefer when it's not that. I prefer someone tries, fails. There's a montage of them trying harder, and then they go, and then they win. That is always more satisfying than this one. But it's kung foolery. Like you walked in to this movie knowing what it was. Uh, you didn't know that it's three hours. We're telling you it's three hours. You don't have to watch it first. So <laughs> uh, there's there's things about a go- ghost living in temples and a mother haranguing her son um, to go find a wife which me and Douglas know nothing about that. We've had no such conversations. Uh, <laughs> uh, but this, mo- this movie is... It's, it's fine. It's, I, I don't think it's amazing, but I have, at this point, 50 years <laughs> of people iterating on this specific movie. Not just the formula, but this movie people have been iterating on for half a, half a century. So, of course, I've seen better versions of this. But uh, they're always fun. Uh, looking at the limitations uh, of the technology is, is always exciting. I So, there are some of these movies where people essentially walk on people's heads and kill them. And those are the movies that I grew up where clearly the technology wasn't there where it was in Crouching Tiger. Like the wire work wasn't, either it wasn't as expensive or the choreography would have been impossible or whatever it was. There's no CG, there is nothing. And so you got to see people, you saw, the, you, get, you got to see the tricks. And we spoke about some of this the last movie where uh, someone would make an action and they'd cut to the finished action. In this one, they got a little bit better where you'd see um, the thing actually hit the thing, 
clearly they're cutting away, but you actually get to see you, there's some motion in it. There's it's not just cutting from uh, one end to the finished product, but there's still limitations. It's fun to see those limitations. Uh, at the end of this movie, there's a scene where a man loses his mind, and that is where uh, the movie is just like we were pretty this whole time. But we are going to know, um, venture in what they thought, like some psychedelic uh, <laughs> trip into. And you watch it and you're like, this is delightful. <laughs> this is, like, I've seen more aggressive uh, Winamp plugins and Winamp has been dead for 20 years. <laughs> like, it's, it's Hey, hey, I still use Winamp, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Uh, I do not retract anything I just said. Winamp and its users have been stuck in 1999. Winamp kicks the llama's ass, okay? Whips. See, you're so old, you're forgetting. Whips. <laughs> <laughs> it really whips the llama's ass. Uh, this movie is three hours long. That's, did I say that already? I don't think anyone said that. Yeah, yeah. This movie yeah, is long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Lord of the Rings long. Like two football matches long. By the way, speaking of which, I just want to say that clearly this director watched the Lord of the Rings movie before he actually made it. Um, before he actually made this movie and took some things from it. In particular, the fact that this movie has about four or five different endings. Just one after the other. Um which is ridiculous. But I do want to say one thing. Did any of you folks notice that Samo Hong is in this movie? Yes! I see Andrew's face. Where like, is what? he? Samo is, Where in, is this he in this movie. So no. I'm not a, you know I love me some Samo So I'm Hong. not a thousand percent sure, but I think I know where he is. Do you remember? Oh, there's a last fight. You're not a thousand percent sure. Is, are you, no, no, are you I'm like a somebody thousand percent like sure Samo. he's in it. I, I just okay. didn't fully 100% recognize him. Because I remember this is 1971. He's probably like five years old. But do you remember there's a, <laughs> there's a fight towards the end with um, not quite the biggest of the big, but probably the big boss in terms of the, the, the generals or whatever. And two, <laughs> I'm looking on IMDb yeah, now as this character. And two, um, <laughs> two foot soldiers who I think ends up being his sons. And there's one point where the um, Miss Lang is that her name? I can't remember. But the 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 Yang Yang Miss Yang, um, like general. One of the generals is like, "Who are you going to fight?" And she's like, "You take the thin one. I'll take the fat one." I think it's oh the fat God. one in Samo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's a, it says here on IMDb, Commander Su's son. Yeah. So I'm guessing it has to be the fat one yeah. given Samo Hong. Yeah, yeah. And and the, the funny <laughs> thing is, I was actually thinking about it because I found this out while I was watching the movie. Um, I think one of the many times I paused it, I kind of looked in the IMDb page and I was like, Samo's here. And because it's so old, I thought to myself, because I only know Samo as like a big guy, right? Um, a big right. fairly like either middle-aged or old guy, right? Um, and you always assume that somebody who is in this industry as a martial artist, as, as somebody who kicks and punches for a living, that, um, sure, you can get big in your old age like Steven Seagal because people like you already and whatever. I assumed that 
when he was young, he was he looked like Jackie Chan or was teeny tiny and 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 whatever. But boy, he kind of looked like he he's always been as far as I size. know. He's always had exactly. A, he's always been that body size, yeah. that body shape. To be fair, he, um, he looks like he's he's a lot of muscle in here, and he looks like he um he isn't really I, as big as we know him. But he definitely was not like what you would think of as uh, a martial artist in their prime. You know. I've seen inter- I've seen interviews with people who've worked with Sammo Hung where they've talked about like doing the choreography with him where if they fuck up and they get a hit from Sammo Hung that was not choreographed like they're dead they're right <laughs> and and Sammo as big as he looks they're like when you kick him like it's like kicking a brick right <laughs> Right, um, Samo, like he, he's, he's, he's one of those types of people, like who this, the size is not just fat. Yeah, yeah. So, right? so he's Jokic, he's, the Jokic of right? of martial arts. Hey, hey, hey. Play nice. uh, speaking of martial arts and racism, Jackie Chan is in this movie. <laughs> is he? He's some uncredited stuntman, according to Wikipedia. Him, I, I did not notice. That, but I'm not going to. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, he's uncredited jacket. He's yeah, an uncredited, uncredited <laughs> stunt person. I'm, I'm pretty sure if he's on screen, he's like one of a billion people he's, on right, the he's in one the of shot. Those people getting kicked off screen. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, movie, but yeah, it's it's fun seeing what. Um, it's always fascinating looking at movies from like long ago. I mean, uh, I heard someone refer to that, refer to The Matrix as a long ago movie. (laughs) And I got upset and then realized that The Matrix is 21 years old. So I don't get to say anything. (laughs) Uh, But yes, it is. I like these movies. I've always liked. I grew up on these terrible, terrible movies. I've probably seen this movie already, but they're run together. So I have no way of knowing. Yeah, so that's that's that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, a touch of Zen. So moving right along, mm-hmm. um, talking about what we've been watching. Um, I have a few things I want to mention. A couple of things I know that we've all kind of seen. Any of them football? No. <laughs> no, no, no football talk. Um, a couple of things I know we've all seen. But I want to start out with the stuff that I'm pretty sure no one else has seen. Um, I watched a movie from 1972. I went back in time. Um, and I watched a movie called The Hot Rock, directed by Peter Yates, starring Robert Redford and George Siegel, um, the man who you might know as Pops from The Goldbergs. Um, it is a heist movie about a crew who have been hired. Robert Redford has just gotten out of jail. He is like the greatest thief of all time. Um, and he and his crew of friends are hired to steal a diamond from a, from, a, from, a, from a museum. And it's one of these movies in which basically the plot of it is they go and they steal a thing 
one thing goes wrong and so now the thing they meant to steal is elsewhere and so the next step is the next scene is we're going to go steal it again from the place that it's dropped at something goes wrong then they have to go steal it again it's just like that repeated ridiculousness and it is a warm hug of a movie and i love it so much right it is it's one of those movies it's fun um robert redford like i forgot how much i love just watching movies with robert redford in it he is a joy to watch in this film um and yeah go watch that movie um you can go watch it on the criteria channel do we have ads Yes, <laughs> I have to whisper them because they didn't pay me enough. Uh, right, so. part is the ASMR. <laughs> no, um, Brooklyn Nine Nine came back. Have you guys seen the new Brooklyn Nine Nine? I haven't yet? watched it's it yet. Actually, I didn't realize until um, wow, really, Damian? I didn't realize until Once the weekend. They, so I'll I'll watch the first. There was a point where they, they left the precinct and was like undercover hiding in like Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for like one yeah. episode. Son. So, yeah, that season was so bad I went to know. Oh. Um so it aired with two premiere episodes. Um the first one is in response to what I think we all saw the news of like a year or so ago when they were like, we threw all the scripts away and we don't know what to do with a show about police oh, um, post, okay. right? Yes. Um, so they very much did an episode that was like, that directly talks about like all of those problems about the Black Lives Matter. And um, it is not a funny episode. It is, it is... It's a terrible episode of television. <laughs> and then I got... trying to write what they think people would like to hear about uh, systematic racism. That sounds great. Right. <laughs> um, and I panicked because then I'm like, wait, is this whole season going to. And then no, they. they like they episode two, they're, they're back. Oh, they're they back did to episode like. They did before this happened, and they wrote uh, a. Second episode, they're just they're just dealing with the fact that like Holt and his husband are having marital issues, okay. and they're like, we're just having hijinks to like do things. Oh, they realize that as a comedy show, the job is not to fix the country. It's very big of them to um, dip their toe into something they do not care about. And then go back to jokes. Yeah. Great. Um, <laughs> Not patronizing at all. <laughs> it's, oh. <laughs> put it this way. Want. Put it this way. I put it on and Renata looked at me and said, wasn't this show funny at some point? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't know what to do with this. Mm-hmm. Um, but then because I had enough faith, I pressed play on the second episode and I was saved. <laughs> They're like, hey. This is a TV show. They aren't real police. The police is trash. But this is jokes. So let's move on. <laughs> um, next thing I want to talk about is another new TV show by the name of Reservation Dogs. Um, produced by one Mr. Taika Waititi. Um, it is about a bunch of teenagers, um, Native American teenagers, who are in a gang and are basically just doing shit um the main character i need to look up his name because i have forgotten kicking and spitting and um you know 
doing that kind of stuff? Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. Um, like the literally the first episode of the show, they rob a truck of chips, whatever random chips. Like mm-hmm. like we could call it Cheetos. I don't know. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Um, and then they sell it to like some people who take trucks, and then so immediately. Cheetos. Immediately, as they're as they're like selling the truck to them and getting like some money for robbing the truck, they're like, "Can we have the chips?" And then the guy like says, "Give me a dollar," and they take all of the chips. And then they're like, "They have all of these chips." And it's ridiculous. It's crazy. Um, the main character, his name is Bear. Um, he is just a teenage boy, and he's part of this gang. Their whole ethos is that they they don't like where they live and they want to move away, so they need money. So they're doing all of this shady shit. Mm-hmm. Um, slash hustling for like random things and it's a ridiculous show there's points in it where bear is like i don't know if you could call it hallucinating or dreaming or whatever but he sees what you would call a stereotypical native american from like old-timey westerns and texas ranger this is fantastic (laughs) And he's and 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 he's he describe he's this character self describes himself as one of the guys who was at like wounded knee but not like one of the famous ones that you know about and like he died early <laughs> and like he gives him like shitty advice as what to do. <laughs> um, Boy, and it is it's an it's so far it's an incredible show. It's only two episodes so far that I've seen. I'm very looking forward to diving I was into this thing. For it to- um, like conclude and then watch them all at once but given the things you've just said i don't think i should binge watch lunacy i think i should take this dilute it week by week so so this <laughs> is like a, a jojo rabbit the tv show is what you're saying yeah probably yeah um so yeah um that's also what i've been watching the other things no these are things that i know you guys have probably seen um i watched the movie pig raise your hands if you've seen the movie pig lower your hands if you don't like the movie pig okay good we can talk now (laughs) douglas is like shaking his head yeah so Um, so the thing is i do like pig i just can't tell you why i like it yet Um, so, so I feel, I feel there's a piece of me that's that's like that with this movie, Douglas. Yeah. Where there there there's a part of this movie that I feel eludes me, and I know I'll come back to it, and I'll I'll have more to say. Yeah. But I fucking love Pig. At, at the moment, right? what I'm it's, holding on to is just Nicolas Cage and how he behaves in the movie. You know. I mean, what about the actual Pig, though? <laughs> 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 this movie is. An incredible film to me. It's it's a film which like, and we we wanted to make all of the jokes when we saw that trailer. We're like, oh my god, he's John Wicking over a pig, mm-hmm. and I think there were hints at him being a chef. So we were like, Artie has knife skills or something. Like we wanted to just make dumb jokes to this movie, and this movie has nothing to say to us about our dumb jokes. But at the same time, it it takes us into these this world that it wants to make of underground restauranters, of people who are, I guess, being pretentious cooks who are making the truffle sauces because that's that's what the hipsters eat as opposed to what they truly love. And Nicolas Cage just being this man of, of morals and his decision-making of just living out in the wilderness 
and being the man who comes back because they've taken his pig and just staring at them and saying, fuck you to all of this world. And he knows the world and watching him walk through this world is something that somehow is interesting and just I find myself just mesmerized by it. And sometimes it's just because of just how Cage walks through it, right? Even the scene of him with the with the chef who um, he talks about, why didn't you make your pub that you wanted to make? Um, like, it's incredible to me. And the, there's scenes later where he talks to, where he meets the big bad that we could call him. Right, even though I, th- this movie really doesn't have a big bad as such, but you know, um, and it is—it's an incredible film that I know I'm going to come back to, and I know I will have more on, like really feeling out like what these things really mean to me. But I feel like it's a movie which is entirely of—it's a movie entirely of feelings. It's a movie that tapped into me feeling these things with Cage, and I loved it for that. Yeah, this movie was pretty good. As as you said, Andrew, I really enjoy the way that Nick Cage behaves in this film. The the sort of stoic, um, like almost badassery of Nick Cage in this movie, um, and the way, as you say, he speaks to the the fellow that sh- wanted to make his pub. The way that he he just commands the screen whenever he is on it, um, and one of the few things that I could actually... Well, there are a bunch of things you could make a joke out of this movie, but the biggest one probably is um, how he defeats a big bad is amazing um, and kind of hilarious if you step back from it. But unfortunately, while you're in it, and maybe this is why um, my hand was a little bit iffy, I, while you're in the movie, you don't make the jokes. You kind of think about the jokes later and you're like, damn, I should have thought of that and it would have made my time even more enjoyable. Um, but there is just this vibe, this 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 kind of um, seriousness about the movie that you you take along with you while you're there, which is strange. But and 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 maybe also some a reason why I'm not sure that I like this movie is a lot of people talk about how they like this movie the same way you spoke about it a while ago. Like, this is one of the best films ever made. It's so amazing. It makes you feel all of these feelings and that kind of thing. And I didn't get that. Um, I do kind of like the movie for some, like, very simple reasons. But, like, for me to... How you talk about this movie is how I actually, in some ways, um, beneath the funny bit, feel about Together. And I don't feel like that about this movie. So um, I wonder if I watched it wrong. And that's another reason why I'm like, do I really like this movie? Is it that my mind is it's, just too simple? But yeah, I like this movie. It's fun. It's and, and, it's, and it's the kind of movie where like, if I were to just narrate the base plot, like somebody would be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> All right. um, so Andrew just got to the reason why you like this movie and the reason my hands stayed up because the if you break down this movie douglas into its pieces it is the pretentious movie that andrew saw what we saw was stark lunacy with our understated nick cage and we were excited to see that 
Because it's, it's ridiculous. All of the scenarios in the movie is ridiculous. And so it makes you smile. When you think about the journey you went on, while you're in it, it you're, you're like, all right. But when once it is over and you think about... Uh, like, there's so many scenes where you write it down and we just go, oh, this is Nick Cage losing his mind. And then on the screen, he doesn't do any of that. And so you're like, oh, they, they paid for one Nick Cage, but not the Nick Cage everyone else pays for. Not the, they didn't pay for the lunacy. They told him, stay outside with that. We need you to be a weird person, but a person. And that person just happens to be wearing a Nick Cage suit. And so the entire time you're like, I know what Nick Cage does. But you don't really get that in this movie. And that's what you enjoy. And then there's the Andrew stuff. And the other people <laughs> on the internet stuff. That's not what, I, that's like not I, what I was there for. No, no thank you. All right, okay. but as, uh, listen, we, we ended at the same place. So I guess it works. So that's a right. testament of a truly good movie, I guess. Where people can like it for completely different reasons, but still like it. Um, and the last movie I want to talk about, which I'm pretty sure we've all seen, is James Gunn's Suicide Squad, um, which is probably Douglas's new favorite film ab- ab- in which we have Pete Davidson in it. It's his favorite Pete Davidson movie, basically. Oh, all right. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Um, uh, the King of Staten Island was I don't think I like the Suicide Squad. All right. And, um, it's a weird thing because the movie starts out and it very much has this ethos of we're a movie with assholes who are assholes to each other and we're going to shoot up things at the same time and they're going to be assholes and we're going to have fun with them. And then by the time the movie ends, they're like, no, these, are, these guys are heroes and they're doing the right things for the right reasons. And I guess there's a starfish running around at the same time. <laughs> I think you watched a different movie from the movie I saw. What movie did you see? Because in, in, in my movie, there are just these terrible people that killed a starfish. <laughs> I love how when Damon starts describing this movie, he essentially sounds like he's describing together. Like... Any yeah, movie, yeah, let's see. Yeah. Up talking yeah. about it. <laughs> Any movie that, like, he's he's like, this movie is about terrible people. You know, he's about yeah. to talk about how much he loves this movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because they're trash. <laughs> is that why we like Guardians of the Galaxy? Am I wrong? Why did we like Guardians of the Galaxy 1? Because they were nice people? No. Everyone loves the raccoon. Because he is the worst of all of them. And Groot is just something to point and laugh at. Like the starfish. You point and laugh at it. Also, towards the back end of the movie, they kill Michael or whatever his name was. Just some random dude that was with them the entire movie. That only Harley Quinn remembered was with them the entire movie. Like it wasn't Michael. Driver. It was a weird name. It yeah. was an unusual name. What was it? I, I, I know exactly. I, I, I love this. 
I love this bit because the whole joke of that scene <laughs> is that Harley didn't remember his name and you guys have not said his correct <laughs> yeah, name. Yeah, that's not his real name. It starts with a G, I think. Also, also <laughs> until they pointed it out, I genuinely didn't realize that he was in all of those scenes with the other... They just got some guy to be with them the whole time and you didn't... Your mind just blocked him out because he's not famous at all. You're just like, he's... And then they pointed it out to you. That is good. But here lies my thing with this movie. Well done for that. Here lies my thing with this movie, right? And I want to make it perfectly clear before, like, you guys gush over how much you love this movie, right? Is that the thing with this movie is that I... I was with it a lot of the way. I was with it with um, Idris Elba and John Cena one-upping each other in dumb murdering, mm-hmm. right? I was with it as we continue to have this progression. I don't know why of all of the DC things that this is the one thing. as loving the progression of the character of Harley Quinn, right? Coming from Suicide Squad 1 to now the Birds of Prey to this, like all of her shit. Like I love it. It's ridiculous and insane. I was with it with the stupidity of the diversion, right? Um, even though um, fuck you, James Gunn, for murdering Captain Boomerang, my favorite part of the shitty Suicide Squad. Um, <laughs> and, um, I accept that it happened and that that's part of this dumb movie franchise, but fuck you for doing it. Because if Harley Quinn's the only one that survives because she's Harley Quinn, you can't kill the Joker girl. Um, with, why not Captain Boomerang? I kind of like him. Yet anyway, he saved his brother. That's nepotism at work, people. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the thing with this movie is that there is, and this might just be down to its its runtime itself, which is like there's a point in this movie that I feel it just kind of is just too much. Like I just kind of got numb, and I was like. I don't care how dumb the starfish is. Like, this is just too much nonsense. There are some of these movies, as comic book movies, where, like, you just see a man making a gun on top of a gun on top of a gun like he's from Borderlands, and you're like, no. I, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm done. I don't Right? It's the same thing I had with some of those X-Men movies, and it might have also just been because some of those X-Men movies were bad. Yeah. That, like, just seeing a man put his hand to his temple and the, another thing blow up, I'm just like, I don't care about these CG space movies anymore as much. <laughs> and I know that might just be the most pretentious thing I've said on this podcast today. Uh, but like, going to be very sad in the next coming years, as I don't know to tell you this. But all movies are no CG space movies. I don't but think like, they make anything else at this point. Like it's just it just by that by a certain point in the runtime of this movie, I was just like, I'm out. <laughs> I just didn't care anymore. And then the movie kept going, and I kept watching till the end because my brain tells me I need to finish movies. And to be fair, this is I'm a very right. long movie, right? Especially for what it is. <laughs> I'm not going to try and convince anybody that this movie is good because there's superheroes in it. And so I can't. There's no there's no leg to stand on. Uh, but what I will argue is that the movie is fun. Uh, unlike the Furious movie that was a giant disappointment, 
uh, with the exception of like two scenes. All of the all of the people, Idris Elba, John Cena, uh, Harley Quinn, all of those people that were while they were on screen, you felt like it's the thing that James Gunn is best at, and it it happened in um, Guardians of the Galaxy. There's just a momentum and there is a it's it's frenetic you always feel like even when they're not doing much uh there you there's a sense of camaraderie between them and there is a there's always a thing that needs to be done and you can sense some kind of excitement with them going to do whatever the thing is and I enjoyed the fact that, um, I mean, first the Harlequin section where El Presidente was looking her and it turned into like a Little Mermaid sketch. Enjoyed that to no end. That was fantastic. Um, especially how they resolved that. Well done, James Dunn. And then having a giant starfish be the enemy and having all of these guys do all of these dumb things in order to kill a space starfish that is colonizing this island. Uh, and all of the things that surround that. I, like, I found it amusing. So, again, like together, the movie Andrew hates. Uh, I can see why you looked at this movie and went, this ain't. The same, the one chief, and that's that's okay. But I did find this movie fun, uh, and this is one of the this is one of the movies. Like I'm probably never going to watch um, Black Widow again. I'll just watch a super cut of pew 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 roasting Black Widow because that's what that movie. Is. <laughs> that's the part of that movie that is really good. The rest of that movie is. So run out of the mill. Um, but this one is is big and loud and dumb. God, this movie is dumb. It, one guy's superpower is polka dots. Like that's, I mean, come on, guys. And him seeing his mother everywhere, every time they cut to that, there's a smile. I'm watching him at the party and seeing only his mother and watching the giant starfish turn into his mother. Also, to have the rat catcher have something effective to do in this movie, because I didn't see it. I just thought she was there because that was the joke was she her power is rats, and then she just survived the whole movie without doing anything. Like they tear a cup of coffee or some foolishness. I thought that was going to be the joke, but for them to actually have something there is also the shark. I, I yeah, King like, Shark was I awesome. I like King Shark more than Groot. Nom nom. One King Shark over. <laughs> no nom nom. I've seen. I <laughs> no, think there's no, been a no, few no. King Sharks already, like in the DC media space. Mm-hmm. This is probably my favorite design. Not even just the character, just the design of him. Like yeah. he looks so cuddly. Yeah. And then he's a shark man. And then he's a shark <laughs> that those shark things who who knew sylvester stallone could be a best character i know right? in a movie yeah. again like i saw yeah. his name at the beginning and it wasn't until the end i was like 
I don't remember Sylvester Stallone being in this, and yeah. I had to look up, and it was it was a shark. Like, it is great. Like, yeah. Well done, James. Stallone. <laughs> yeah. It's at and sure, a lot of it is a lot uh, is a lot of CG, but every time they like change the mission name, and they had the stuff being diegetic in the movie, so like Operation Whatever was the fire behind them i i always enjoy those they're always fun because they're criminally underused in movies yeah and i, I really don't know like I, 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 I really like when they did the one where um they were going to do something and so it's operation number one and then somebody's like right. no no no, you can't do that and then all of a sudden it changes right. to operation number two <laughs> right. right yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I I got annoyed by the end of the movie, not necessarily at that thing, but at the way in which it will. And movies have done this before, but I don't know if it's that this movie did this too much, or maybe I was just already annoyed with the movie itself. Um, that's why I'm pointing at this thing. But how they would like do a scene, and then they'd be like three weeks before, and like they did it repeatedly with stuff where I'm like, you could have just cut this together the right way. <laughs> but he wanted I mean, to be all know. Quentin Tarantino. Come on. Yeah, it's your fault. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear that. And you know, this movie—it's strange. I have, I have myself some feelings about this movie um, because, and and that's why I sent out the message in the group the way I did, where I was like, "Have you guys watched this movie?" Because I need some positive reinforcement here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope I'm here to give it to you. Yes. So. So I watched this movie and I went into it kind of like, so I have two movies that, that, that I compare this to. And um, one is Birds of Prey and the other is Thor Ragnarok, right? And it's because I went into this movie pretty much knowing I wasn't going to like it, right? I just decided I'll watch it. It's the next big um, comic book movie. It's going to be on HBO for free. Um, I'll at least watch it so I can have the conversation and be able to say to Andrew and Damien and everybody who asks how much I hate it and, you know, make fun of it, right? Um, and I watch it and I start to kind of like it. And there's a point at which... Because I remember I went to the I went to Carib with Damien to watch Thor Ragnarok. And I remember there was a point at which I think it was halftime. <laughs> halftime. Intermission, whatever you want to call it. Where me and Damien literally looked at each other and we both had confused looks on our faces. And we said, but this movie's good. And but it says Thor. Exactly. <laughs> and we both kind of commiserated with each other um, about how, you know, Andrew's never going to let us live this down. But where this differed is essentially after that point, or they, there came a point where, you know, when you're watching something, you think you're not going to like it. It's coming at you and you're kind of liking it. There's, there's like a, a bit of resistance at first, right? But there's a point after which in, in, in Thor Ragnarok where you just went with it. And you're just like, you know what? I like this. And you're on board. Um, I don't know that I ever got to that point with this movie, which is why I would also compare it with Birds of Prey, which is a movie where 
and I haven't watched it for the second time, but I came on here and I talked to you guys about it to say, listen, I think I should like this movie, but I don't know how to. Like the the the, the parts are great, and I feel like I should watch it again to make sure that I like it because I should like it, but I don't know that I actually do like it. That's kind of how I feel about this movie. I I know I like this movie, but I didn't get to the point where like my mind said, yes, Douglas, you are allowed to like this movie. Yes, this movie is actually good and funny. Um, I, I feel like I need to watch it again without that I will hate you resistance. Um, and then maybe I'll love it as much as I think I actually do love this movie. But it's still this weird, um, like, this, this weird dichotomy of... I know I like it, but I think I don't, <laughs> or I'm not sure if I do. Um, but this movie is great. Like Andrew so, Bully, you, you like this? Movie. No, no, I like. I know I like this movie. <laughs> I know I like this movie. My body just, my, my mind and my body just haven't gotten behind it. Um, but my heart is there. Um, the and and the truth of the matter is, uh, it's clear what happened. DC took a look and said, "Listen, Taika is so good that." He needs to come to DC and Thor Ragnarok the shit out of this movie. So, I mean, James Gunn is James Gunn, fine. But we all know the real reason this movie is good is Taika had... Taika put his stamp of approval on it. Yes? Yes? Um, I love, I love this, the story going around that the yeah. only reason Taika even got a role in this movie is because Akira fell, out, fell through. Well, not that he got the role because of Akira. Um, it's the role he got is because of Akira. Apparently, James Gunn came to him and was like, yo, Taika, you need to be in this movie. Let's do this. And he's like, sorry, dude, doing Akira. And so he was supposed to be some other role, some other big role. Um, which yeah. clearly they gave to somebody else. And then Akira fell out and he's like, um, Gun, you, you still have that role for me? Uh, and Gun's like, yeah. ah, not really, but hear what? Come in, I will find something for you. And they, they gave him Ratcatcher. That's, mm -hmm. that's a story I'm seeing. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that was fun. Um, but yeah, I, I like the dumbness of this movie i like all of the things that damien has described so far i like sylvester stallone essentially being groot but a shark i i, I like um uh <laughs> idris elba and john cena one up in each other i like that idris elba mm -hmm. is an elephant who is afraid of mice right i i like yep. all of that i like all of the shitty jokes all of the penises that are in this movie, all of... I actually, actually, I do. I like that they were able to do this movie and say, listen, guys, I know it's a comic book movie, but you know this is rated R, right? This is going to have... Th there's going to be no holes barred. Whatever I want. If I would like a couple penises, if I would like to say fuck more than once, if I want to splatter the whole screen in blood, please just let me do it. And they allowed him to do it. So, um... I really enjoy this movie. I have a feeling that I might consider buying this film um, because I have a feeling I'm going to watch it many more times. Uh, this movie, I will give it to you, Andrew, is, I don't want to say overlong, but it is long. I don't think it's overlong because every ounce of joke is, is perfect. Um, it's great. I like this movie a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Even, like from from the movie starts and they're like uh this man i don't even remember what they called him in in the thing 
but he'll kill the bird and they're just like listen oh yeah the savant he, yeah the savant michael rooker who has to be in every james good movie and he is the 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 murderer's murderer <laughs> <laughs> he is the the beginning middle and end <laughs> and the movie starts and people start dying and he's just like no thank you yeah i'm out i love i love that that's how this movie starts the way this movie starts they're like all right um how's about i just kill everybody that i did not like from the last movie so that i can make my own movie and it's still technically be a sequel (laughs) i started the movie like how they started the previous movie um dead serious like they don't know it's a comic book movie and then after everyone is murdered, they're just like, hey, we are making a different movie here. Look on the other side. Um, and yeah, I get that. And I wanted to love that thing so much about it. But oh. then it was the continuation of what they're like. I don't know. I hear that there's a Peacemaker TV show. Yeah, they're doing a, yeah. They're doing a Peacemaker show. I, I hope it's... I, Apparently I, I soon love come to. I think they're John almost finished. Cena, I like... Yeah, the John Cena I like is this, and mm-hmm, not me too. foolishness is John's. Yeah, 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 I agree. Agree. Unacceptable. This, that is the John Cena I, I like. This big dumb oof. Also, also weirdly enough, thinking about it more and more, I'm like, does Fast and Foolishness ever make a new character good in the first run? It's always the second film where like the new character is written better. The Rock is good in anything he's in, and I I dare right. you to. Um, come at me with any different. Um, for those oh, of you who who, who this matters, um, James Gunn directs like six out of the eight episodes for the John Cena show. So hopefully that makes a difference. That means yeah. it's good. I don't know. Hopefully, I'm I'm I'll watch it. Like I, it'll be more focused if anything else. I don't think you have a choice. I think again, all they're making going forward is oh. superhero space CG. <laughs> That's not true. They'll still make Jane Austen movies. It's just that there'll be Jane Austen in space. That's that's not the section on Netflix that Andrew. What what about sports movies? Can I get some sports sports movies? Yes, you'll get sports movies in space. We just call that sports. Yeah. All right, all right, Douglas. What else have you been watching? Is there anything else you've been watching? Yeah, I've been watching some things. Uh, So we've talked about a couple of things, um, a couple of big things, but I will say that i recently got myself into a new uh streaming service ecosystem and i've been watching a number of things on there and i will talk about a couple one is something that we've spoken about on this podcast already is a film a film uh called beastie boys story um so, no. the Beastie Boys, or the remaining members of the Beastie Boys, uh, recently, well, maybe not so recent anymore, but at some point in the past, did <laughs> something that feels like a one-man show, except it's two of them, so I guess it's a two-man show, and filmed it. Um, and it's really recounting like their their rise to fame or their story, whatever you want to think about it as. 
and it is pretty amazing. Andrew said so when he spoke about it some time ago, and I am here to confirm that this movie is pretty good. I'm also here to confirm that Damien should not watch it because he will not appreciate it. But it's it's pretty oh, cool to appreciate. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Damien to... doesn't have enough culture <laughs> for these movies. Yep, it's so. It's uh for me the reason I like it is an amalgam of um my love of like how certain technical things can be done on the stage like um with Hamilton um and you know how you kind of choreograph some of these things even in this where it literally is just the two of them standing up so it's not as as elaborate or it's not really elaborate at all um, as Hamilton where they have like all sorts of um, props and moving stages and whatever. It literally is just a platform that they're on, a TV screen behind them and them talking. But how they do it in the film where, you know, you go from having the TV screen being behind them to seeing the footage that's probably on the screen, um, how they move around, how one of them will sneak off stage sometimes and do things that, that helps interaction. Um, and, you know, it's, and, and just their own personas and how they mesh with, mesh with each other, how they relate to each other and relate to the crowd. The, the, the fact that they've clearly been doing this since they were children and are now like maybe, 50s 60s and um are very good at uh being in front of people and talking or telling stories right and so it's it's and the fact that it's a great story right um any most stories are probably fun like this if you're talking about somebody in this industry that has as many ups and downs as these folks have but it's it's really cool and um i, I enjoyed thoroughly my hour and a half or two hours or however long it was with this film uh the other thing i'm going to talk about is i got sucked in to a rabbit hole of entertainment now technically these are like four or five or six different things but i'm just going to call it one category of nonsense which is British panel television shows. Now, I'm not going to sit down here and lie to you and say I've never watched one episode or a few episodes of, of one of these um, shows or even other shows like it. So I knew already what I was in for and that I would, I would enjoy it. I honestly didn't understand that I would enjoy it this much, though. Um, Apple. So the thing about Apple TV is that it, it's like Amazon and Hulu um, and a number of other like hub um, services where you can get not just Apple Plus, but you can get um, various other things like Paramount, HBO, cinema, whatever. One of the things you can get through, which I haven't really been able to get with my Android box because Amazon is a pain in the ass and I actually don't like Amazon's thing anyway, so I wouldn't do it, is BritBox. I can get it on my tablet, but I don't watch television on my tablet. I can get it on my Roku, but I don't Quick like question. My Roku. Yeah? Quick question, mm -hmm. as just like an understanding. When you get these subservices, specifically in Apple Plus, mm -hmm. does it like create a new tab for you? Or is it like, how do you navigate 
So it is annoying. Through the subsurface. <laughs> it is annoying, but you can um, navigate through it. So it doesn't... The answer is yes and no. Um, you, It has its own section if you want to go through just BritBox stuff. But to get to it, it's not as easy as the Apple tab, which is up top. You have to be on your main home screen and then scroll down to the list of, of subservices and then click on that service and then you go into the BritBox section and you can go through everything once you're there. Okay, cool. Because I've, I've always been curious with some of these hobby services like Amazon and such. I think the one service I've been curious about touching at some point, even if it's just like a month trial thing, is Shutter. Oh, okay. Because there's, occasionally there's been a thing that I've heard that's in there and I'm like, I want to try and watch that thing. <laughs> um, but I've never been sure as to like how the user experience of like navigating through that works. Andrew, I'm proud of you because you just said uh, a service that I know to be just horror movies. I assumed whatever was going to come out of your mouth would have been the most pretentious thing ever, like some sort of like, <laughs> you know. Some sort of like movie slash a criterion service for like only specifically Native American or indigenous or something like that, right? Like where it's like so niche that nobody would ever think about it. But I I applaud you, sir, for just wanting to watch shitty horror movies. Thank you. I have multitudes. Let's make this clear. But yeah, so. I have been watching a bunch of things on there. Some some stuff that you know we've we've all seen. Alo Alo is on there, Damian. So I am happy I because years ago. Yeah. So I, I I have that at my yard. Yeah, there you go. So I was watching I it on Netflix and it left, and I'm very happy that I can now start it all over again and watch all of it. But as I said, the thing that I've really been into for the last three weeks or so is British panel television shows, and uh, so. I would say I'm going to rate them now, right? The ones I've been watching. Mark the Week is definitely the weakest, um, but still still good. Uh, mm -hmm. Then you've got 8 out of 10 cats. And 8 out of 10 cats actually has two flavors, apparently, which I didn't realize. You've got the yep. general flavor, which is the one that I knew from before, the, the, or the vanilla flavor, the regular flavor. Then you've got the countdown flavor. Um, eight out of ten cats does countdown, which is apparently well. I haven't watched the original countdown, but based on what I've seen, it seems to be some sort of like show where you 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 do math and you do spelling, kind of like Wheel of Fortune in a way. Or Bob I have gone down YouTube rabbit holes of watching eight out of ten cats countdown. Yeah, like where I will hunt down full episodes on YouTube. Yeah, and um, I'm sad to say, as much as the original flavor is the first one I, 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 I tasted I do think that the countdown flavor is probably better um, so I'll put that up there um, above that is and this show is amazing would I lie to you with Rob Ryden and Love a it. bunch of folks and it's it's great um, I, I had to share a clip from one of the last latest episodes with, with you guys where um, Joe Brand shares uh, Christmas party game that she does yeah, best, which I now have decided we need to make an annual tradition because that game is amazing yeah. 
it literally incentivizes you to lose, which is fantastic. Um, so my introduction to Would I Lie to You is a clip that I've watched so many fucking times on YouTube <laughs> in which James Acaster, your yep. favorite boy. James Acaster. Um, I don't know if you've seen this bit before, whether it's within the show or outside of it. No, not this um, Tells a story. Tells a story about his vendetta with a young child <laughs> um, <laughs> involving yeah. cabbages. Cabbages. Oh, boy. No, I haven't seen him on Would I Lie to You yet. I'm going to... So, so at first, I said I was going to watch these and just watch the later seasons. I've decided I'm going to watch every single season of all of these that I like. So I haven't got there yet, though. Um, but far and away, the best of the British panel shows I have watched so far. And this is an accident. This is a show I never in 100 years would have watched. And Damien White had to put me onto it. He had to be like, you heard about the show? And I said, yeah, I know that show, but I'm never going to watch it because it looks lame. And Damien was like, listen, I know. I was the same way. And... For some reason, by accident, I watched one episode. And trust me, Douglas, this is so good. I almost didn't watch it. I was like, no, no, Damon can't be. He cannot be right about this. There is no way that a show that is supposed to be actually teaching me things and about intelligent people can be good. No way. I am here to tell you people that QI is the best British panel show that I have watched in the last three weeks. Time. I cannot tell you it's the best of all time because I haven't watched some, some of them. I'm telling you that I love this show. And I am going to go back and see. So I, I love the, um, the lead of the show. So you have Alan, who is awesome. Right? Huh? Oh, no, no. I haven't gone. I was going to, I was going to talk about Steve. Um, what's his face? Oh. <laughs> Stephen Fry. Stephen um, Fry. But but Alan is, is fun. I love I love the, the role that Alan takes on. Alan is just like, yeah, I know I am the guy that you are here to shit on today, right? It's great. Yep. Um and I love Sandy, the host. She is fantastic. She is able to just round everybody up and participate in the shenanigans and, and do everything. Um and I am honestly a little worried. That as much as I do like Stephen Fry, I don't think Stephen Fry can do what Sandy is doing. So I'm going to go back and see what yeah. Stephen Fry is is saying for himself in his seasons. But I may just have to skip to when Sandy came on. But so QI, Andrew, is hilarious. He's good, but he's not better than Sandy. <laughs> but he's very good. Is he? I mean, he is fantastic. I like Stephen Fry in the stuff I've seen him in. I have watched a bit of a right. bit of Fry and Laurie and love that as well. But I just can't see him work in that environment, you know? I, I, I know you said that now. Once you're finished watching it, you're going to wonder why he did literally anything else. He's <laughs> built for QI. They built the show for him. And Sandy is just better than him. But that's not a, that's no fault of him. He, <laughs> this show is so. Let me let me explain to you how long ago I've been watching this. Once, ex, whenever Express VPN started, and we realized that we could watch the Olympics on BBC and cut out the middleman, 
And we did that, let's say, 2008-ish. So it's from then. <laughs> that is when I discovered QI. And I've been watching it. Do, like, all of the other shows you've mentioned, I have dipped in and dipped out of over the years. The one show that no matter what happens, no matter when they put it on, I am watching immediately is QI. It is incredible. It uh, really is. And for people who are afraid, because it happened with me, it happened to Douglas. The On its face, it seems like jeopardy, but worse. And Douglas is gone. <laughs> the two-hour mark. Yes, it definitely is, is. On its face, it feels, it feels like it is jeopardy. But it is jeopardy if it were run by me and Douglas. Where the aim is not to lose. Because you cannot win QI. No one has ever won QI. Your job is to not come out looking like the dumbest person on the planet. <laughs> and that is what everyone is cheering for. Because the clues are to get you to use things that you think are right, but are not right. And even when the clue is something that you know is right, because of this, the way the show is structured, even when it is the most obvious thing, you're afraid to see yeah. the most obvious because you know. Because they design almost all of their questions for the most obvious answer to be wrong. And they're, they, wrong. they intentionally do that because why? They want to make fun of you. And that is exactly. so good. That's, that's the greatest that's premise of a show doing. ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you think you're smart? Well, come on the show. And then you come and you're like, well, it's obviously this. And then you do not win. And, <laughs> and it's weird, right? Because so, so every once in a while, you'll have somebody who um, you'll ask the question. And it's one of those questions where you're like, I know they're going to answer this and it must be wrong. And then you're like, whoa, hold on. The answer is this. And there's kind of like a, a, a hushed silence. And Sandy's like, ooh. You actually got it right, you know, like like the, mm -hmm. it's it's the actual right answer. And yeah. at first, you kind of said to yourself, it, it, "It's almost sad because you don't get the opportunity to be for the show to be as funny as you know it would be." And then second, um, it still somehow finds a way to be funny because you know there's other things that are um, that they do. They just they just do a lot of shenanigans. It's great. Yeah. And they also, find shenanigans in the most unlikely places. The, the weirdest thing about the show is that you actually learn things. That is the part of the show that none of the other shows can, can match up to. Like, they're yeah. actually teaching you things. But they're using Armzos as the vector. So it is a, per it is a show that is perfect. Yeah. It is Jeopardy, where you learn nothing but better because of Armzos. And I didn't think that show was possible. But it is, and it's spectacular. And the, the, and the thing that I... So, as you say, you learn things. But what I enjoy is when you learn, like, dumb things. So, my favorite fact that I've learned from this show is that someone I actually... Let's say I grew up with, because my parents used to watch a Today Show every morning before we went to, to school when I was in prep school. So, um... Willard Scott, the weatherman for the Today Show, 
who would I remember always, um, you know, be all happy and and have happy birthday sec- sessions for hundred year old women, um, mm-hmm. was the original Ronald McDonald. Like, was the first person to be Ronald McDonald in the campaigns for McDonald's, and I was um, pleasantly surprised. <laughs> so you know, it just. Facts like that. But the show is great. It's fun. It's fantastic. But yes, that is what I have been watching. Between that and sports, (laughs) I am done. Okay. Um, We talked about basically everything that I would have talked about here. So, uh, Andrew Robinson, this is your section. I, Damian White of sound mind and body uh read a comic wait no two comic books the first one is star wars yes you heard that right star wars darth vader and the ghost prison and it is incredible oh i love those darth vader books i I was recommended this by a person that I didn't think could read. (laughs) (laughs) And hate Star Wars with the burning fire that I hate Star Wars. And they're just like, yep, this one is the one. And of course, went in, much like how Douglas goes into movies, I went in going, this is garbage. And then after issue one went... Well, I guess I have to buy four more issues now because I have to. I have to know. I have to know. And it is now. Uh, it's called Star Wars, and Darth Vader is in it. But that's not who the central uh, characters are. So it is a bait and switch in that way to con people who are Star Wars nerds to go read this. But he is in it, and he is the Darth Vader that you hope. To see in the movies, but you can't see because the movies have to be for children as well. So it can't be a ruthless um, dictator who is um, so fragile inside that he's willing to do unspeakable things just to keep up the facade. You can't really show that in the in the movies, but they do show that in the comic book, and it is it's fantastic. Um, so this is now the second piece of Star Wars thing that I like. So I guess the I guess the percentage is heading upwards. So uh that's good for you, Star Wars people. Um Star Wars on balance. S- still st- still hot garbage. Um and after reading that, I was like, oh So Damien. Yes. I don't know if this is the next thing you're gonna say, but if it isn't, mm-hmm. please look it up. There is a Star Wars Darth Vader run of comics that was from 2015 to 2016, which is incredible. Okay. Um, I think there are four volumes. And then I think they did like a whole other thing. Can you send me the link? So that I don't have to write down this foolishness. I can't. Too too lazy. Uh, Speaking of uh, too lazy, uh, (laughs) I, since I was reading cartoons, um, on paper, I decided that there was one 
uh, that I should have read a long time ago, but didn't read for whatever reason. And now there's a upcoming TV show about this comic book. It's Why the Last Man. Uh, and let me just be, let's see if I can be accurate here. I have read three volumes, uh, Unnamed Cycles and One Small Step. And so far, uh, I am upset that there isn't, I don't want any more superhero movies. I want Why the Last Man movies. Well, I, they just announced the series. I don't want this TV yeah. show. No, I want a giant budget. And I want what I want what is spectacular in these comic books to take place. That's that's a comic book that I remember when it was like big, like people were talking about it a lot as a comic book. Mm -hmm. Um and it was like when we were still in university. And I remember reading like a good chunk of it and then stopping somewhere in the middle. I, re I remember even talking to you about it and being yeah. like, hey, Damon, you should read this thing. And you're like, I don't need more apocalypse shit, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I actually, I mean, it's it's so bad that I've actually read this comic book. I, I can't tell you what happened because I read it a thousand years ago, but I know I have read the first volume of Why the Last Man. All right, well, that's, that's great. So you guys are all on board with Why the Last Man. I'm going to continue reading it. Uh, the reason I didn't finish reading Why the Last Man is because I have been reading, and I, I need to say this softly so that um, Damien from the past doesn't hear uh, what I'm about to say. I've been reading manga. <laughs> Which manga? And uh, I have been reading uh, Spy X Family. And I Ooh, think I've heard the, good things I about think that this one. This might be the best thing. It is better than the Darth Vader comic. It is better than Why the Last Man. It is, it's incredible. Uh, I don't know why there's no anime of this. Uh, I don't know who is in charge of manufacturing anime over there, and I don't care. I would like one Spy X Family, <laughs> please, with the quickness. Because this is, I didn't even know that they were writing books like this in ja I thought all of these books were basically the same. Um, but Douglas, imagine Mr. and Mrs. Smith just 10,000 times better. Just the thing you actually <laughs> wanted in that, it, with that premise. You're just like two spies pretending to be family find out that they're spies and have to deal with the fuck. But each, every side of it has to keep the other side in the dark and they're still going on missions they're but they're actually falling in love with each other and there's children and it is it is so good that I thought just for a brief second about paying for a subscription service that this <laughs> this comic book Paying for Viz so you right. could read and I Shonen. Went, I refuse. <laughs> On principle, <laughs> I'm not doing this. You're not regressing I'm into, not your, into your high school into your high school self. This, and then everything else won't be this and I'll be upset. <laughs> so it's something that I've been curious to go into a lot because I've not gone, I've not dipped back into the manga world. Um, and like, it's something that 
I think I sent you a clip, uh, a link to this guy's YouTube channel, um, Super Eye Patch Wolf, yeah. whatever his name right. is. Um, and just the more and more I, I listen to him talk about Mango and the world of stuff is how much I realize how shonen is a thing that like in high school when we were only reading the Dragon Ball Z and the One Pieces and the Naruto's, um, uh, shonen is no different than like how Hollywood works, where in that they have their things that they know are like the gangbusters to make the money, but they still have a few people who will do like a one-off, like risky, different kind of story. And then it might kick off into a bigger thing, but it might not. Um, which is where things like this Spy X family kind of falls into. Yeah. Um, which has fascinated me into like being like, maybe I should read some weird manga. Um, and subscribe to the same thing you're talking about. Yes. Um, because yeah. I actually have the app installed on my tablet and it allows me to like read like the first few chapters of things for free and like the latest chapter, but everything in between. So if you if you pick something that's like deep in, you're like shafted, like you have to subscribe or do other things. Um, but yeah. Uh, especially not like sports is back. So I'm not doing this to myself. And I know I'm going to be frustrated if I pay for this thing and then nothing else comes close to this. Because then I'm just like, I could have just bought the thing outright instead of wasting my money. And I am, I, I think I'm getting to the tipping point with these subscription services, both for video game, for everything at this point. I am about sick and tired of <laughs> subscribing to things that I pay for indefinitely to watch three things. Or to you, like Office 365, hey, Microsoft, you see the next time you put out Office, which I think is this year, when you put out a box version of Office, I'll buy that. The I'll LTS version. Yeah, I'll never buy another version. Like, what are what are we doing? Every well, what app if there's now, some dope features in the version they release five years from now? Every app now is just like, hey, you can use this for free. But if you want us to take off ads and make this functional, give us some money. And you're like, all right, $5, $10. No, Somewhere like down the line, someone realized forever. ARR was the big deal. <laughs> hey, you want $6 forever? No, what? Are you people... No, no. No. <laughs> um, and so that is what... Uh, th those are the things that I uh, have been doing. Also, I, I watched Mix cut off again. I don't know why. Um, and that movie remains like I think we undersold how good that movie was. With time, I watch that movie again. I've not seen that movie. I think since we did a podcast on yeah. it. Her, like the performances are better. Everything about that movie. Also, it's beautiful. The thing that Andrew talks about all the time. Yep. How pretty movies are. I think Mix cut off is one of the prettiest movies ever uh, and like who knows what Douglas, Douglas could be buck naked at this point <laughs> <laughs> okay. guys today Raphael Varane was yeah he was announced Schwarzenegger, and I'ma get mad deep like a threat. 
blow up your project, then take all your assets. Cause I came to shake the frame in half with the thoughts that bomb. Shit like math. So if you wanna try to flip, go flip on the next man. Cause I grab the clip and picture with 16 shots and more I got. Going to war with the melting pot. It's the method man for short, Mr. Map. Move it on your left. Ah. And set it off, get it off, let it off like a gat. I wanna break food, cop me back. Small change, they put in chain in the game. I take game and blow the nigga out the frame. And-